Namaskar, this is Dr. Veda Pragyananda, and welcome to Ananda Marga DharmaCast. And I'm going to start off the podcast by reading a selection from the work of Sri Sri Anandamurti, which is entitled The Supreme Truth. The sentient action comes very near to supreme existence. It can maintain a good proximity, but cannot coincide with that supreme entity. The philosophy of spiritual aspirants, known as Tantra, says that he is a singular entity. Why should we say that he is a singular entity? You know, singularity, plurality, are different projections of the human mind. If we say one, it is a particular projection. If we say two, it is a particular projection. If we say 100, it is a particular projection. So far as the tendency of projection is concerned, all projections are the same. There is neither any singularity nor any plurality. Even then, the spiritual aspirants say that he is a singular entity. Why do they say this? Because when all the propensities of the mind, when all the propulsions of mind come to a particular point, an apex to singularity, one comes in contact with him. That is why, if a numeral is to be used at all for him, that numeral is one. He is the supreme controlling faculty. You know, whatever there is in the realm of physicality or in the realm of ectoplasm, everything is a particular manifestation, a particular outcome of waves of a particular length. This universe is a mesh of waves of different lengths, and all these waves emanate from a particular source, a particular nucleus. That is, whatever inference is there, whenever you come in contact with any inference, that inference emanates from the supreme nucleus. So he is the controlling faculty. He is the Mahadeva. That is, the supreme controlling faculty. Then the spiritual aspirants know that he lies covert in each and every entity. That is, he is all-pervading because everything is of his ectoplasmic expression. Everything is a creation of his inner mind. That is why he is everywhere and in everything, within each and every pore of each and every existence. That is why the aspirants say that he lies covert in everything. He is everywhere. You know, in this world of relativity, there are three fundamental factors, temporal, spatial, and personal. And all our worldly activities are connected with these three fundamental factors. That is why there cannot be absolute pause or absolute speed in this universe of relativity. Whatever there is Beyond the scope of relativity, the world of the manifest is the world of non-manifestation. He, as the expressed world, comes within the scope of our human perception or human conception to some extent. I said to some extent because we can come in contact with a particular length of wave from a particular length to a particular length. If the light is too much, you cannot see it. Also, if it is too mild, you cannot see. 
If the sound is too much, you cannot hear. If the sound is too mild, you cannot hear. Your jurisdiction is from a particular wavelength to a particular wavelength. That is why I say that in this express world, you can see, you can perceive, you can conceive to a particular extent, not below or above the same. But his expression is not limited. He is not restricted within your jurisdiction. That is why he is all-pervading, all-expanding. When your small existential feeling tries to come in his contact, you become one with him. You lose your small individual, small entity. You know, whatever you create in your mind is just an extra internal projection. Whatever you saw or whatever you heard, you can only recreate that thing within your mind or you can only see that thing in your dream. Your mental objects or your mental existence is within his mind. So if you are the seer or you are the witnessing entity, he is the supreme seer, the supreme witnessing entity. So if you are the soul, he is the supreme soul. If you are the roof, he is the supreme roof. Now let us see our activities in the physical world. We do so many works. We think that we are doing so many works. Actually, a man does not do anything, cannot do anything, without getting any energy from him. You say, I give it. I'm a strong man. I'm a healthy man. Where did you get that energy from? You get that energy from air, from water, from fruits, from food. Thus, you are neither the creator of energy nor the owner of energy. You take these energies with your vital energy. You do. Doing means action. What is action? Action means change of place. This part is here. Change of position, and we will say that an action is done. Action means change of space. So whatever you do, you do with the vital force that you get from him. That vital energy is not yours. If you do not take food for several days or several months or several years, you would not be able to do anything. If you undergo fasting for, say, two or three months, you won't be able to speak. You won't be able to express yourself in any way. That is what your strength is. You are solely dependent on his grace. So actually, the owner of everything is Paramapurusha, and the supreme doer of each and every action is that Paramapurusha. He is the supreme fountain of all energies. What about your abode? Each and every created being, may, may it be physical, liquid, gaseous, or ethereal, requires some shelter. You are in Calcutta. Your shelter is in the city of Calcutta. You cannot remain without any shelter. No created being can remain without any shelter. Calcutta also requires some shelter. The shelter of Calcutta is the state of Bengal. And what is the shelter of Bengal? The country of India. And what is the shelter of India? The continent of Asia. And what is the shelter of Asia? This globe, this earth. And what is the shelter of the earth? The solar system. And what is the shelter of the solar system? The Parama Purusha, the Supreme Father, is the shelter of the solar system. So he is the supreme shelter. Each and every action gets recognition when it is witnessed by something. Witnessing entity means reflecting or refracting plate. Without this reflection or refraction, 
no action is recognized. While you see something, the light that comes from that particular object gets reflected in your mind and touches a particular point of your nerve cells, and then only you feel that you are seeing something. Similarly, whatever is being done here, a reflection is being made on the cosmic body, the cosmic body being just like a reflecting plate. He is the reflecting plate, the witness of all the works and all the deeds done in this universe. Nothing is secret for him. You cannot do anything or you cannot think anything without his existence, without being witnessed by him. If you think that you are not being witnessed by anybody, then and there he will witness this external utterance of yours um, that the boy says, I am not being witnessed by anybody. The final assurance, the supreme assurance to a created entity given by him and will be given by him forever is that as a witnessing entity, he is always with you. Your mental strength will be increased a thousandfold because you are always with the supreme entity. The supreme entity is always with you to help you. And this is the first and greatest merit of this fact, of this supreme veracity. The only demerit is, as he is always with you, you cannot do anything secretly. You'll be caught red-handed. But the merit is that because he is with you, you are never alone. You are never weak. You are never helpless. So the duty of a perfect person, the duty of a spiritual aspirant, is always to remember this supreme truth, that he or she is never alone. You are always with your Supreme Father, who will always help you and will always accelerate the speed of your progress. And this is a discourse given on the 15th of September, 1979, in Istanbul, Turkey, and was published in Anandavachanam Ritam, Part 14. So the supreme veracity, the supreme truth, is, is the subject of the, of the previous discourse. And it's very clear what that supreme truth is. And that supreme truth is that, that human beings are within the mind of the cosmic entity. In fact, this whole world is only a creation of, of the cosmic consciousness. The stuff of this universe is just his thought wave his projection, and we are all um, dancing in that in that uh, cosmic mind. And what that means for a human being is that that supreme entity is always with us. So sometimes we may feel that we are alone; nobody's with us. We have a hundred enemies against us, hundred to one. But it's not a hundred to one; it's a hundred to one plus one. So this is something that has to be remembered. But we can read this in a philosophy book and say, yes, the Supreme Consciousness is with me. But then we go out in the street and then um, things start to happen and we forget that Supreme Consciousness. So the remedy for that forgetfulness that we have is, is what is the job of meditation. That's what meditation is all about, is to remember certain things. So what are those certain things? that we have to remember. We have to remember that we are not just a sack of skin and bone. And we are not just an, an animal, an animal that lost some of the hair, so it's the naked ape. No, we have something greater than that. 
So what does the yogi say about the human condition? The yogi says that any human being can say, I exist. I exist. So what is this I exist? This is our mind working. And then we can say, I know I exist. I know I exist. And this, we have another I here. We had I exist, is that is our mind. The ego is going on there. But we have I know I exist. And this is the witness of the mind. It's the soul. So I know I exist. And the, the work in meditation is to commune with that I of I know I exist and be there and not in the just this um, I exist mind. You know, in the mind, in our daily life, we have many ups and downs. If someone says to you, oh, you're a very beautiful person, then you, you, you lift your head up and you feel, wow, I'm great. And then someone says, next minute could be, someone says, you're a jerk. And then you, you go down and you think, oh, I feel really bad. So we, we're like buffeted by the punches of life, like a punching bag. So that's the condition of the ego and of the, the normal mind. But there's another part of us, is I know I exist. And that's the, the soul. It's, it's, the soul is witnessing. It's not inflated by the praise. It's not deflated by the punishment, negativity. It remains above the fray. And this, he mentioned here that this, you're the soul, but then there's the supreme soul, that supreme consciousness, which is the creator of the universe, which is not only the creator of the universe, the universe is, is part of his, part and parcel of his, his, his body and mind. The stuff of the universe is, is him. And, and that supreme force is with you, always. It cannot go away. That's the duty of it. It wouldn't be the supreme if, it, if we would neglect the duty. It's not like, you know, like we read sometimes in, um, in different religious scriptures, um, God created the, the world in seven days and some, so forth, and we read about the ancient um, chronicles of, of, of the people in, in these scriptures. And then we think, well, that was thousands of years ago. Where is he now? He's gone. <laughs> it's over. That was in that time he was there. No, that's not, not what it's all about. That, that, that supreme entity is eternal and has been with us since the beginning and will always be with us until the end. This is the supreme veracity, the supreme truth, and we have to remember it. So what I was, I digress a little bit, but when we meditate, we remember. Instead of focusing on that mind which is jumping around, which is praised and blamed, we start to focus on that, the I of I know I exist. We, we meditate on that soul. We meditate on the eternal part of our being. And as we think, so we become. If we, we keep thinking about that, and we keep remembering who we are, then we, we can go about our work um, adjusted with the world, but we're not here to pile up wealth in this world. We're not here to pile up prestige, uh, or we're not here to avoid blame. We're here to, to be with our finest aspect of ourself is that soul, that supreme soul, which um, is filled with bliss and filled with love. 
And, is, and as we, we get more successful in remembering this truth, and remembering who we are, and remembering what we're supposed to do, then we become more blissful. And not only we become blissful, we become an asset to the society around us. We, we can serve that society. Because if we're troubled just like the other people, then we can't really help them. But if we can go above that fray of trouble and remember our, our supreme self, remember our soul, then we can, we can do something great in this world. So this is the, the truth that Anandamurtiji, Baba, I call him, what he wanted to remind us about. So he can remind us in a discourse, and I can also talk to you in a podcast, but that won't be enough. We have to, each day, start our day, close our eyes, forget this world, withdraw our mind, and then move our mind and remember who we are, that, that we are one with that supreme entity. So that is what, if we practice that a little bit every day, in the morning a little bit, a little bit in the evening, slowly but surely, this truth will sink in and it won't be like the, um, the chemistry lesson you learned um, you know, when you were in high school, it went in one ear and it went out the other ear, it's gone. You know, maybe something remained, so surely, because by knowing science we, we get something good, but, but the details are gone. But we, this, what, this message here, um, it's more simple than your chemistry assignment many years ago. It's very simple, and I think that we could grasp it and remember it for the rest of our lives. Namaskar, I salute the divinity within you, with all the divine charms of my mind and all the love and cordiality of my heart. Oh.